This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Remember, if you have some time, check out the Accessible Media Inc. Facebook page. You can like it. You can enjoy a bunch of content that's always put up there, updated. That's the Accessible Media Inc. Facebook page. On Twitter, she's at AllRams. If you'd like to reach out to her, I'm at AMI Kelly Mac. And, of course, the handle for AMI-audio, at AMI-audio. Wherever you're listening in, thanks for being with us. Maybe you're at your computer listening in at AMI.ca, where the show is streamed via the AMI audio feed. So take a listen over there, if you, especially if you're at your desk working and uh, working away the day as we're midweek right here on Kelly and Company, weekdays 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern for the live show. And now we welcome in reporter Grant Hardy, who joins us from Vancouver. Uh, Grant delivers to us some health-related items to talk about on the show, and Rum and I sit here and listen in and comment. Sometimes, right, Grant, if we have anything important to say, Always. You guys always have great stuff to say. Where are we starting, sir? And thank you. Mm -hmm. And happy Wednesday to you guys. We are starting an article about health in the workplace. Uh, It is from Time Magazine. It's called Ambition is Out. Why some people are renouncing ambition in the workplace and what they're embracing instead. So it basically talks about a shift where people, you know, especially young people are developing larger boundaries between their work lives and their personal ones to prevent burnout. And in some cases, actually do less at work. Uh, First came this phenomenon, the great resignation, where a bunch of people just quit their jobs. It does sound very privileged, but uh, a lot of people, uh, this was a thing, and many Surveys has also pointed to a sense of malaise and fatigue sweeping the workforce, apparently culminating in a common desire just to do less. Now, the idea of phoning it in at work is nothing new. Uh, The concept today uh, known as quiet quitting, which is basically staying at your job but doing the absolute bare minimum, has shown up in research uh, for decades. But still, research does suggest that uh, quiet quitting work rates, work attitudes, and employee engagement uh, are kind of at rock bottom right now. Uh, Hourly and essential workers are not quitting because of angst about ambition. They're quitting because they don't want to work jobs that provide few benefits and barely pay the bills. That may help explain why workers at companies like Starbucks and Amazon are unionizing And uh, it is thought to be partially because of kind of a breakdown in the social safety net where now because of the pandemic, I also think maybe because of climate change and food security and inflation, people are realizing that this concept of sort of work hard and go to the top doesn't always build that safety net that we've imagined it does. What do you guys think about sort of this phenomenon of quiet quitting? You know, people sort of debate whether Gen Gen Z is going to be just 
lazy or whether they actually have sort of an advantage over some of the older generations just for having some more healthy boundaries. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that there's a shift going on, whether or not you agree or acknowledge even or find yourself uh, shifting with is the the part that I'm curious about, Grant, because I mean, I think it's quite obvious in my perspective that there are a lot of unhealthy workplace habits that we've built over the years, uh, like overworking, like not being able to set these boundaries, and simply because we want to feel like we're valued. And there's also... Uh, these excuses of like, that's just corporate culture, you know, people with higher paying jobs or in certain industries, you got to work, work, work. And that's the only way to, uh, to feel like you're, you're moving up um, the ladder. And yeah, it's, it's something that we've talked a lot about with our friends from Robert Half and uh, what's actually going on there, how people like individuals, uh, Canadians are responding to these kinds of things like quiet quitting and why that is. But clearly if we're talking about this being a phenomenon, that's because it's happening. So why is it happening? We're tired. Or well, exhausted. I, found, or I also found Grant's reaction to people quitting of course we we have that wow oh boy but i i think there's a couple of things here that i wonder were people quitting their jobs after sitting at home um during the pandemic taking courses realizing as they looked around online i can do better for myself i want to do better whether it's better pay not being in a hazardous situation if they were thinking post pandemic time or when when we got back to quote real Life, unquote, whatever way you want to say it, folks, whatever words you wish to use. And then the other thing is because the market is saying we're having trouble finding people, we're having trouble with people wanting to stay in jobs. It's almost like the shift became where you worried, like you said, about uh, Ramya, but pertaining people, not sure. Oh, I go extra time. I don't know when to put my phone down mm-hmm. because I've got to keep up with everybody else or else I'll be out of a job. Now it's almost like it's shifted to where. The cards are in the hands of the employees where, well, I'll just leave. You you need me. Well, hold on. on. It's going to be hard to replace me. Now people seem to have that, I don't want to do this work. I'm okay to go. And employers are, well, no, hold it, hold it. It's almost like we're we're able to hold them at bay that way and people have changed. And that fear has become more of something else other than losing your job. So I kind of wonder... When it comes to that quiet quitting, when it comes to it, how much more employers say, man, I, I, I don't have any way to hold on to these people. Yeah, I think that's definitely a uh, good point is the market is shifting maybe a little bit in favor of the employee. Not always, especially people, you know, with disabilities yeah, and minorities and other sure. barriers. Yeah. I think that um, there is also a little bit of a shift here and you know we've always had this attitude of you know people who people go like even when i'm sick you know i show up to work that's how good i am you know even when you guys are just doing stuff with your family i'm gonna you know work overtime and i'm exactly i'm better just checking the emails right yeah and and i think now people are finally sort of realizing that like maybe that's not i mean everyone has sort of quietly been like man, I really don't want this sick person at work. We've always said that for years, but I I think now there's really this uh, shift in attitude. Yeah, 
like it's there <laughs> don't come to work if you're sick right or even <laughs> even uh employers encouraging people take time off you know allocate these uh days off or loo time and check in with people i think that these kind of things make such a big difference now i do want to point to the pandemic as a time of reflection for myself uh all these days of going through and prioritizing and understanding different, you know, values in my life uh, did create circumstance for me where I said, oh, I'm going to start putting up, you know, work, not work boundaries um, in that, like, am I closing the computer at 5 p.m. or am I staying late and how often is that happening? That kind of thing. And I'm not sure, but I assume that other people have gone through shifts like that simply because of all the days we had in the pandemic to mm-hmm. notice. And I think people noticed that there was a time before the internet, you left work and you weren't taking anything home. You didn't exactly. I gotta take my typewriter. You may have a briefcase with notes and things like that, or something that you're going to look over. The most you could do is read, study and, and, and take a book out of the library. It was not now where your boss could reach you unless they called you on the telephone mm-hmm. at, at, and, and said, listen, we've got a crisis. And that would be after someone had to call him or her. Yeah, absolutely. I think the pandemic and working from home is a huge shift uh, in terms of boundaries. Yeah. Grant, where um, do you want to go now, sir? Yeah. So speaking of the pandemic, uh, I want to give a little booster update here. Health Canada has approved a second, more up-to-date vaccine to fight COVID-19. However, they are urging people to take the existing Moderna bivalent vaccine if that's what's available when your turn for the booster comes up. Last Friday, you probably heard Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, they approved the COVID-19 vaccine that targets the BA4 and BA5, I hope I'm saying that right, strains of the Omicron variant, uh, while the earlier uh, by Moderna bivalent vaccine is believed to be helpful against these strains. It was designed to combat the BA1 strain, which is a little less common now. Uh, but still, as I said, they are advising people not to wait and to take the first one. I do have a little bit of brand envy for people who are going to get the Pfizer one, but I decided to take <laughs> my booster and got my shot on last Monday, like like they said to do. So uh, I, I know it takes a couple of weeks to sort of work its magic. Uh, so I'm already behind on, on that clock. Uh, so a question. What do you guys um, think? Would you would you now, Grant, take a flu shot as well? Yeah, I'm being a bit chicken about this, but uh, I think as soon as my arm stops being sore, I've actually, I will admit, I've <laughs> never gotten the flu shot before. Um, I know that's terrible. I've always been the first to get my COVID shot, but I've never gotten the flu shot. But mm. this year I am planning uh, on doing that just because... You know, they say that COVID, you know, your chances of it being relatively mild if you've had that vaccine are high, uh, but the flu season I hear is going to be bad. So I guess it's kind of hypocritical to get one one shot and not the other. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I would. I mean, I've often got the flu shot because I, I sort of feel that 
it's irresponsible not to. Um, and and I, I've always been like that since I was a kid. That's that's what I've done. Gone to the, oh, it's time for smart. your fuscia, you know. And we've always done that. Um, the vaccine, of course, all have concerns, and who who knows? And especially at first, now it's just the thing to do, and it makes seems to make sense. Whether and then they say this with the flu shot, you know, you can only cover so many strains of either or, and we can just do yeah. what, what we can do, Rum. Well, I was going to say, I think that speaks to how many people are feeling about the responsibility aspect, Kells, that you mentioned uh, in terms of even if you like I was give or take getting the flu shot. Not every year, though. Definitely not. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. oh, looks like I missed the season. Yeah, me too. Uh, but fingers me crossed too. I didn't get sick. Yeah. But now with COVID and with vaccines being not only top of mind, but just spread the word everywhere you go you're you're being encouraged to take the shot everything you like if you're calling a shopper's drug mart they're reminding you right heads up we have the vaccines here or the availability or the test kits and um even just like every day as i hear more people are uh either not feeling well or about to get sick because somebody else is sick around them it just feels like it's being talked about all the time and so i feel and hopefully the stats um agree that more people will be conscious about taking the flu shot taking the boosters continuing to be vaccine conscious and giving people space let's quit these workplaces where you know there's enough space to put 20 people in here well let's put 30 like no no let's not say we did (laughs) let's Let's put 10 right (laughs) like you know and if we can avoid it let's let's put five it's one of those things that uh, you really hope that we've learned permanent kind of things and and i know that's probably ridiculous because probably a hundred years ago they were saying the same things as they were moving their desks closer and closer to each other post the 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 uh influenza wonderful grant excellent stuff man you guys are really good you you've successfully shamed me into getting the the flu shot so thank you for that (laughs) well and hopefully you've convinced some people out here to go out and get their covid one too saying oh i better check to see when i last did or or maybe i better get it for the first time for those that are comfortable and that's the other thing i really try hard not to say much to people because i don't want a long way though yeah, we have, we and, and I think way. people really have, and our fears, which is what makes us, like, I'm not going to do that, I don't know what that's going to do to me, and there's always going to be an element of that with anything. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. All right, folks. Thanks. Reporter Grant Hardy joins us. He'll be back a little later on in the program. We'll talk to him as we get into what in the world uh, here on Kelly and Company, but he joins us on Wednesdays to talk health headlines. Coming up in just a few moments, ladies and gentlemen, thinking of since we're talking about COVID shots and stuff like that. Well, when it comes to air travel, how can we get an improvement on our seats without paying extra money? Well, I'm all about knowing that kind of information. Margaret Weldon answers that question on In the Know in two minutes. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.